If you're an attorney that struggles with getting home in time for dinner or taking a vacation without your cell phone and your laptop attached to your hip, or maybe you just can't figure out why you don't make more money based on your education level and the service that you give to your clients. Maybe you're an attorney who wonders, why can't my law firm operate without my constant presence? Or finally, maybe you're thinking to yourself, I wonder if I can ever retire from my firm. Maybe I'm going to have to work right to my dying day like so many other attorneys before me have done. Well, hi, my name is Richard James, and I created EA Nation so that you could learn how to build a law firm that supports your lifestyle as compared to undermining your lifestyle. EA Nation stands for Entrepreneurial Attorney Nation, and we join together with other like-minded entrepreneurial attorneys to unpack the secrets to how to do just that. And I want to help you build your law firm better one system at a time. So without further ado, let's get started with this next episode. All right. Um, so, Cara, tell me, how did you get into this arena of referral market? Because it wasn't kind of where James Publishing started, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, so uh, thanks for the introduction. Great, great stuff. So, yeah, I, I'm the president of James Publishing and the co-founder of our marketing amplifier program that is really kind of based in helping attorneys grow their referral network, right? I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with James Publishing, but we've been a sort of traditional legal book publisher for this is actually our 40th year in business. So content is certainly what we hang our hat on here. It's definitely the foundation of our program. And it really is kind of what sets us apart and, and gives us additional value to kind of provide on behalf of our attorney subscribers when building new referral relationships. So Specifically, we have a team of in-house attorney editors who really craft all of our content that is included in the program. And they're the same attorney editors who have worked on our, our law books for so long. So, um, you know, I mean, Rich, you, you really, you know, nailed it when you talk about a referred client, it, it's just a better client, right? I, I don't think we need to convince any, any law firms, any attorneys of that, right? They tend to be the most affordable clients to get. They're sort of pre-sold. They come in with kind of a much level, much higher level of, of trust and, and respect. And, and they're more likely to refer you clients in, in the future, right? right? So, yeah. yeah. No, so I mean, I mean I th at the end of the day, you know, that's, we get it that everybody wants more. So, but, but here's my, I guess, so how did you guys go from, yeah. you know, publishing house or content creator to recognizing the importance of referrals. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we really saw a gap in the market. We really saw an opportunity to fill many of the common gaps that we see with existing law firm marketing. So, you know, it's really referral marketing is a supplement to the other initiatives, right? The other, the, the organic um, SEO, the, the Google local, the, the PPC, the billboards, the radio ads, you know, the TV ads. It's really, it's, it's, you know, referrals are old school, certainly, but, you know, we really did recognize a, an opportunity to, to have a major impact on the law firms that we've been helping for so many years, really bring a systemized, coordinated approach to referral generation. So many of the attorneys I speak with, you know, maybe they'll take an occasional lunch here and there, they'll take a coffee date, 
and referrals will trickle in, right? But very rarely is there you know, that, that coordinated, that system, that process in place that really helps to create the predictable business, the predictable revenue from referrals on an ongoing basis. Yeah, it's great. And, and what I love about it is um, m- many people don't know what, really when I started in the legal field, one of the first businesses I fixed was a company that did something similar that they, they don't do it any longer. Um, and I recognized how challenging it was to put all these pieces together. Uh, it's not a simple process and you really do need help. And I, and I always wanted somebody else to do it. <laughs> I didn't want to do it myself. And then I was thrilled to, to hear that you went about it and did it. And I remember when you started it, um, you know, you started slow with a small number of clients to see if it worked. And, and we checked back in with each other and you're like, yeah, it's really, really working. And so now it's taken off. So why don't we, why don't we dive in and start teaching them a little bit about what you've learned about referral marketing as, we, as you started this process? Yeah, that sounds great. And, and Rich, you know, to date, we have set more than a thousand referral partner appointments for Is that true? subscribers. So we absolutely hands down know what works. We also know what doesn't work so well. So I'll kind of take you through, outline that process so that you can take either the whole process and implement it, you know, in your firm or even just bits and pieces of it to really help, you know, really kind of help boost that referral. So let me go ahead and share my screen. Yeah. So as she's doing that, everybody just, just know that really the point of this whole program is, yeah, this is the business that Cara and her team are in, but the goal isn't to, isn't to bring you on so you can just decide you want to do business with Cara. Hopefully that makes sense and it resonates with you if you're in the right place for that. But what we want to be able to do is show you behind the curtain, right? And so I always ask everybody, look, it's not just about sharing with people a good business model. Let's tell them exactly what you're doing because they want to go do it themselves. They can, if they want help, they're going to retain you. And and Cara, believe you, that's your spirit, Cara, right? I mean, you believe that let's give good quality information. And if, and if we're right fit for somebody will be a match. And so today, you know, I saw your slides, we're going to give really good information. So let's dive into it. Great. Yeah. And uh, we, we've always taken that approach and we, we believe strongly in, in educating. So yeah, so here's a quick look at what I'm going to cover. You should, so, you know, first we're going to talk about really who, she, who you should reach out to for referrals, right? Kind of the most efficient way to set up those initial conversations. What's, you know, what's working really well for us how much time you and your team should plan on investing. Cause of course, like anything worthwhile, there is, you know, a time investment needed. What to say during your initial conversations with referral partners. Again, we've had so much experience here. We know, you know, the important kind of information to gather and, and, and the questions to ask. We'll talk about techniques for cultivating your new referral relationships, really growing those those partnerships on an ongoing basis, and then what to do when you're unable to cross-refer. That's really important and a question that I get all the time. So uh, Rich, if you're okay with it, we'll go ahead and and just dive right in. Yeah, rock and roll. And by the way, if you're new to Zoom and you're wondering what you can, if if you, for whatever reason, see Cara's slides are smaller, you can actually make them larger by just going into the view and sliding the bar over. So if anybody doesn't know how to do that, you can go ahead and do that now. Go ahead, Cara. Yep. So, uh, you know, we, we both already kind of discussed this, but referrals, so important. The most, really the most affordable clients to obtain, they come pre-sold, they come in with, with a higher level of, of trust, higher level of respect, more likely to pay on time, more likely to, you know, refer you new business in, in the future. So and I think that's key. Yeah. Like building a culture of referrals starts when you start with somebody that came from a referral, right? 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, again, you know, most, so many of the attorneys I speak with referrals are trickling in, you know, you're obviously providing a high level of service so that, you know, you are getting those referrals. So let's capitalize on that. What can we do to really bolster, really boost that? And, and, you know, here's the process that is proven battle tested absolutely works. So nice. the first step setting appointments. So here I'm talking about selecting referral prospects. So pr prospective referral partners, what we have sort of honed in on and realized is we go after sort of 75% other attorneys in non-competing specialties, and then somewhere around 25% allied professionals. So what we found is lawyers, they're usually, you know, the most receptive, right? But are also, so are some sort of select categories of allied professionals, which we'll get to in just a moment. But we start, we create a list of 50 local prospects. So that's what I recommend you do. Start with 50. Uh, again, about, you know, three quarters lawyers, three, uh, a quarter allied pros. And ideally, you'll be looking for sort of well-ranked, good-looking, solid traffic websites. And, and why I say that is successful marketers will more than likely have a higher lead flow. They'll have more clients or more patients and then thus, you know, more people to refer your way, right? So you don't have to do a ton of research when you're compiling this list of prospects, but quick Google search, right? Quick internet search. Do they have a, a somewhat modern looking website? Are they doing something to kind of, you know, positively promote their own firm or their own business? You know, that, that more than likely is going to make a good, make for a good prospect, at least preliminarily. And, you know, they'll also sort of better understand the value of the referral relationship, right? So you may have better kind of organized offices that will, that will follow through and, and just make a, a better partner in general. So best types of referral partners for varying practice areas. More than likely, I mean, you, you probably know best the categories of either, you know, attorneys or professionals who would commonly come across the type of client that you're looking for, right? But um, we've certainly had great success in the following areas. So if you feel like you need, if you're brand new to this or you're just not sure kind of where to start, let's just run through this. I think, I think it'll be helpful. So- This is great. Okay, good. So if you're a bankruptcy firm, you know, look to look to go after criminal defense attorneys, family law attorneys, estate planners, and then in the sort of allied pros category, accountants, CPAs, credit repair, financial advisors, tax services, debt counselors, that kind of thing. Um, business litigation, ADR, biz, business transaction. If, if you are focused on the litigation side, you know, um, hook up with with a, a local firm who handles more of the transactional stuff, employment defense, med mal, real estate can all be really good in that area. And then accountants, again, commercial real estate brokers, financial advisors, tax services, folks who come across uh, you know, those, those business owners often. Criminal defense, family and injury attorneys, and then mental health professionals, rehab centers. Um, we've, had, we've had really good success there. So continuing, if you're in a state planning firm, Family law and injury attorneys tend to send you, you know, some really good, solid clients. And then CPAs, accountants, commercial real estate brokers, financial advisors, all are great for estate planning. I had a question on that. Yeah, yeah. Do you have you ever tried funeral homes? You know what? We have had a couple of requests to do that, and we've done. We have actually done that one off. Um, 
And I think in the right area, I know you obviously have a lot of experience. In yeah, that. I was just curious because I don't know. I mean, I did it. It just was curious. A lot of estate planning attorneys ask me, do, you, do I think? Yeah. And, and as long as it's a high producing uh, money, they have a high volume. I'm, I think it, it's a great idea because they, they all need it. Right. Yeah, I know. I think that's actually a really good point. Um, and again, it sort of just depends on the geographic area for a lot of mm -hmm. these too. So, you know, is there one funeral home in, in your town or, you know, are there, right. are there 20? So right. um, yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, moving on to family law, elder, elder law attorneys, estate planning attorneys, injury attorneys, family therapists, marriage counselors, obviously that that's, um, you know, those are, those are really, really solid um, for us, for our, for our subscribers. Injury, criminal defense attorneys, estate planning attorneys, of course, chiropractors, medical professionals, uh, physical therapists, you know, orthopedists. Um, and then last, lastly, social security disability, injury attorneys, worker comp attorneys, and then, you know, of course, again, chiropractors and those medical professionals. So um, if you practice in, you know, any area outside of, of these that I listed, you know, contact us or, or even just chat and we can talk about some other categories. But again, I feel like, you know, you know, the category, even if you've never kind of made a concerted effort, a coordinated effort to reach out, when you think about it, just look at the last two or three referrals that you've received. Where did they come from? Right. right. And you know, start to log some of that info. Um, so um, there was a question on there about business immigration. So we can talk about it. I, I, I you know, business immigration. Uh, I don't know. You, what, what do you think, Cara? Do you have a off the top of your head or you want to have that reply off, to, off topic, off camera? Um, well, just, I will say that we, we don't necessarily offer the program in the niche business, business immigration space. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I can't talk too much from too much experience there. Um, but again, it's, it's all about finding those folks who commonly come across the type of client that you're looking for. So, um, yeah. you know, I can probably get more specific if, if, um, certainly if I think about it, but, um, that is a more kind of niche area. I don't know if you have anything. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think Michael Dickerson said that transactional attorneys for business immigration, we get that quite a bit. I agree. I also think uh, oftentimes business immigration is in a niche. Sometimes it's tech, sometimes it's biotech, sometimes it's, um, uh, you know, uh, space engineering, uh, aerospace engineering. And so finding other vendors in those spaces that uh, have already already working in that world are usually good non-attorney uh, referral partners that you can tap into. Um, but anybody in the business transactional business litigation, even the immig family immigration attorneys that get business lit uh, immigration that don't want to do it uh, or don't know how to do it, they could be good referral sources too. They don't get a lot of it because they don't advertise for it, but sometimes it happens. Um, the only other question I would say, um, Cara, is and I don't want to go spend too much time on this because we can go down a rabbit hole, but I noticed that there was no rabbi, priest, pastor, anything in the religious space. Have you guys ever tried that at all or no? Yeah, no, that's actually a really good question. Um, that's another one that we have tried a little bit and we just haven't been able to get the same kind of traction, the same Got kind it. of volume. They're not always the easiest to get a hold of. They're, they're not always as just as marketing savvy as friendly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I do think, you know, certainly, um, if, if that makes sense for your firm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good. All right. Keep going. 
Yeah. Um, I'll just address Scott's question quickly. He, he says that, you know, he feels like he's had more better success with allied pros as opposed to attorneys. You know, you, again, like you, you definitely know your space and, and your kind of referral sources better than anyone. So yeah, absolutely. If, if that's where you've had success in the past, go, you know, do more of what has worked. Absolutely. And, um, and we actually approach uh, things the same way for our subscribers. You know, he, we kind of lay out what's worked best. Here's kind of the default proven method. But during onboarding, if we learn something, you know, we learn some details or specifics about the firm, of course, we're going to pivot and, and go down that path that's going to bring the most success. Yeah. And, but really, at the end of the day, this is what we're doing is marketing 101, right? We're identifying our ideal target market, our, client, our, our, our referral avatar. That's really what we're doing. And, and as you go into this, going into it with like, okay, here's a simple checkbox and it works. That's not how marketing works. Uh, marketing works with, we formulate a plan. We go in and execute that plan. We test against it, see what the results are. We make augmentations of the plan. And then we test again to see how we made improvements. That's marketing. And so when you're dialing in your perfect uh, referral avatar, you're going to uh, develop, you're going to probably get some of it right and some of it wrong. And, and just because you're a bankruptcy attorney in Scranton and somebody's a bankruptcy attorney in Fresno doesn't mean you're going to have the same referral avatars for lots of different reasons. And so, um, you know, you're just going to need to do this and test it and figure it out little by little. Would you agree with that, Carl? Absolutely, Rich. And to that point, you know, kind of referral productivity, kind of referral receptiveness and just lead quality overall will vary, right? So it's important to establish multiple relationships and then adjust and kind of cultivate, especially with your cultivation efforts afterward based on those results. So, yeah. you know, to your point, it's all about experimenting for sure. Good. Yep. Okay. So getting into some of the details quickly, uh, setting phone appointments, right? Uh, I always like to suggest delegate the initial outreach. And what I mean by this, so since uh, October 2019 or so, we've had three sales pros calling and emailing about five hours each per day. So we have experimented with, with many approaches from sending postal letters to multiple types of calls, emails, you know, different, uh, different voicemail scripts, all of that. And like I mentioned, we, we've set a thousand appointments. So the approach that I'm going to describe really has proven to be the most effective over that time. And it's, it's the one that, that we've kind of settled on. And, and in the end, short and direct explanations work best. Mm -hmm. So, um, anything, especially it, kind of the most time consuming part of this process can be setting that initial appointment with a new referral source. Sometimes you have to kind of work through a gatekeeper. Sometimes, um, you know, multiple calls, multiple follow-up emails are required. So if you can delegate that initial outreach to someone in your firm, do it. I, I absolutely, I absolutely recommend. So, you know, your caller should be outgoing, should be talkative, friendly, courteous, certainly unafraid of the phone and, and really will, will dial office after office. It's a numbers game. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, it's the world you live in it. I live in it. You know, I, we live and die by our phone in our world. And, um, you know, if you're calling professionals, uh, so I can tell you personally that if you're going to do this and you're going to 75% of your, you know, people you're going to call are going to be law firms, you've got a little bit of a leverage point because you are a law firm. So you can get through the door a little bit easier or, you know, on behalf of it really works. 
Um, but for us, we're not a law firm. They call from the office of Richard James and, and we, we make a hundred dials. We only get through to five people. And so, you know, you got to do, do the math on the number of dials that needs to be made to get through to the number of people you have to get through to. And even though you get through them, doesn't mean that they're going to set an appointment or they're going to take you up on your next offer. And so even though this is what's good for them and it's what's good for you and it's a win for both of you, uh, likely, that it doesn't mean that it, it's going to be easy. It's, it, there is a challenge to this, which is why the attorney, this is definitely not the hat the attorney should be wearing. Uh, it's not that it's not a $10 an hour hat anymore, but $15 an hour hat, right? It's definitely the, the hat that we need to delegate because it's, it's better off somebody else doing this for you. So I'm glad you said that, Carl. Yeah, absolutely. So when we're talking about the call, the initial call, explain the purpose of the call to the gatekeeper. If the attorney or the professional is unavailable, you know, ask to confirm the email address or, or ask for an email address and leave a pretty explanatory voicemail. And I'll, I'll go into a script that we use in just a moment and be ready to calendar the appointment on the first call if you get past the gatekeeper. Um, and then the follow-up, send, send an email. The, the call email combination is critical. For, for high value prospects, add a nurturing sequence, meaning an, an ongoing drip automated, very important, automated drip sequence that uh, you know, continues to nudge the new partner to set that appointment. Um, and I'll tell you roughly 75% of appointments for us are actually set when the professional or the gatekeeper calls back. So that's why that voicemail and the email are so critical to the process. And I wanted to, be transparent about the time investment needed. So results, our average, it really does take us two to three hours of total work for each calendared appointment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we've had days where we're setting an appointment every hour, certainly, or, you know, kind of, um, you know, kind of the opposite too, but it's about an average of two to three hours of work. So, you know, don't get discouraged by low response periods, especially in the early days when you're kind of still learning or hopefully whoever you've delegated this to is still, is still honing in on the process. But with most challenging, but sort of high rewarding tasks, the key is persistence. So if the right team member makes a lot of calls, she will be able to successfully set appointments with this, with this process. No, that's great. I, uh, I do have a question that I, I let's make sure you, and please tell me we want to put this in the parking lot if you're going to address it later. Mm -hmm. um, but how many appointments do you, do you think for a robust referral development program, would you like to see uh, your clients going on in the course of a week? And again, if you're going to answer that later, let's put it in the parking lot. Yeah, no, I, I can address that now. That, that is an excellent question. So it, it's, it's funny, we were setting more frequent appointments. So we initially, we were setting two to three appointments a month with high quality referral sources, meaning, you know, these were folks that our subscribers could, could really envision sending them business in the long run. So this is, you know, this is a, this is a high quality appointment. And to be frank, many of our attorneys were missing those appointments. It was, it was a little bit too much, right? They were, they were canceling them. They were canceling them, just no shows, not showing up, you know, with this and, and pressing client matters were taking precedence, you know? So, yeah. 
So what we found, kind of that perfect sweet spot, and what I always recommend is just try for one appointment, one high quality appointment every month. It's yeah. manageable, right? You, you'll be able to set aside that time, make sure that you check that off every month. But it also is a nice frequency where you're steadily growing that network over time, right? This is certainly a long-term approach, right? You're, you're building relationships, just like any relationship, any friendship that you build takes time, takes, you know, that trust. So, so that's a great question. That's typically what I recommend. Well, no, and I love it. And, and if they're not doing anything right now on purpose and we're doing it, you know, um, one a month, that's like, we get, we're, we're like literally a hundred percent improvement. And, and then we get the benefit of compounding interest by doing one this month and one the next month and one the next month and one the next month. And before you know it, these compounds start adding up. Um, so yeah, I love that's, I, that would, that's exactly my advice. I used to ask, I used to ask attorneys to do one a week and they all said, yeah, that sounds great until <laughs> they realized they weren't going to do one a week. Exactly. And so there was an awful lot of work that went to waste. So yep. yeah, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, yeah, definitely our, our findings as well. So I just threw up on the screen, you can see our exact script. So, you know, uh, I don't know if I'm happy to share these slides with whoever, whoever wants them, but let me just read this because this is the sort of proven script that, that we use. And you might be surprised at how concise and direct it is. So hi, my name is Cara. I'm calling from the Jones Law Firm. We're a personal injury firm here in Austin. Our founding attorney, Dustin Jones, asked me to reach out to see if Ms. Keller might be interested in chatting about a referral partnership. We regularly encounter clients we want to refer out and have heard great things about your firm. Would Ms. Keller or another partner be willing to chat with Dustin? I would love to set up an appointment between the two of them. Do you have access to her calendar? Simple, direct, putting the sort of value prop for the partner out there front and center, and then following up with an email that essentially says the same thing, right? So assuming that you don't, you're, if, you, if you're unable to get that appointment you know, on the phone, which again, that happens quite often for us, um, you confirm the best email address to send this to, hopefully you're able to obtain, if nothing else, I consider it a huge win. If on that initial call, you're able to get the partners or, or the, you know, whoever the professionals direct email address, right. right. And then and you have that direct line and more than likely they're gonna, they're gonna be, you know, interested in, in a phone call with you, if nothing else. Yeah. I, and I, I want to, you know, have, being that we onboard and train, you know, sales reps every year. I will tell you that in having them memorize that is is really, in, in my experience, is very important. And then once they memorize it, make it their own. Uh, a lot of people try to do it in reverse. Well, here's some guidelines, and I, you can you can make it your own. And and I always find that I don't care what they have to do to memorize this simple script. I need them to memorize it and then own it and make their own. Do you find the same or do you guys do it differently? No, no that's, that's spot on actually. So, you know, you have the most control at the beginning, right? You know that at least if, if they're doing nothing else, they're reading this proven script and right. then, you know, they get comfortable or, or, you know, they they just feel more empowered and, and they put it in their own voice and they're still accomplishing, you know, their results are, are still the same, if not better. Yeah. I agree, Rich. We, we take the same approach. Yeah, I mean, there's a big difference between reading it. Hey, our attorney, uh, our founding attorney, Dustin Jones, asked me to reach out to you to see if you might be interested in a referral partnership, as compared to, 
Um, hey, Sam. Yeah, listen, I'm calling from attorney Doug Jones office. He's our founder. He just wanted me to reach out to see if you might be interested in a referral, you know, and all of a sudden we own the script, right? And so it's conversational, there's tonality, but you can't get there until we have the script memorized. And so anyway, just wanted to throw that out there for what it's worth, but let's keep going. That's great stuff. Yeah. So the initial conversation, conducting these introductory calls. So your primary goals with the first calls really there to establish that initial rapport, learn about the professional and his or her practice or his or her business, and then seek ways that you can help besides sending referrals. So begin by asking about the professional's practice, how it started, how they get leads, what they're doing from a marketing perspective, how they get clients, you know, what type of cases are handled. That's obviously critical information. The case, what is their case volume like? What's their ideal client look like? This is all critical information to gather during this kind of screening process. It will really help you pretty quickly understand if this is a relationship worth pursuing, if this is a relationship you think would, would be able to send you business on an ongoing basis. So this is the initial conversation between the, your client, the attorney, the, the, the people that are on the call building the referral development program and their prospective um, referral partner, correct? Correct, exactly. Okay, got yep. it, love it. Yep. And um, I, I always like to say too, to, as you'll see, I included a bullet here, keep the early part of the conversation on the prospective partner, not on you, right? Mm -hmm. So seeking also to learn and note some personal items, family, outside interests, plans for the future. I know some of this might seem like common sense, but you know, we've been able to really kind of coach our attorney subscribers through these calls, because this is really the only part of the process that has to be handled by the attorney, you know, by, by you, right? Um, you know, hopefully you can have someone in your office set these appointments and have someone, you know, really help follow up. But if you're going to really truly build a, a relationship, a, a partnership with, with a new, you know, a new individual, you have to, um, you know, really kind of invest and, and learn a little bit about, um, their business, of course, but, but also, uh, you know, who they are and their approach as, as a person. Yeah. As grandma used to say, God gave us two ears and one mouth so we could speak, uh, listen twice as much as we speak. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's, the, that's, that's how you build relationships. It's not about, uh, it's not about us. It's about them. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, uh, on that same vein, then concisely provide the same practice related information so that they have the same information, you know, on your side. So your side of the call should be 75% listening and maybe 25% talking to, to Rich's point. So um, just some, some talking points to keep in mind on that, on that first call. Mm -hmm. Providing initial gives when you can't always cross refer. So the primary challenge when building a sizable referral network is how to balance those relationships, right? So, so what benefits can you offer if you don't always have referrals to send to everyone? I mean, I get this question a lot, actually, you know, um, a, a worry about having more and more and more referral partners is, you know, I, I can't always reciprocate, right? I, it, this can't always be a one-to-one -one relationship. I don't have enough folks to send, you know, back to all these chiropractors or, you know, for instance, but that's why kind of creative thinking is key. What about, you know, if you have a newsletter, mention that partner in your newsletter, 
uh, include them in handouts that you might have in your lobby. Connect with a great vendor, share that you know, high value marketing technique. Assistance, you could even provide some assistance to a family member. You know, think, think creatively. And your goal should be to establish a half a dozen to a dozen really productive referral relationships. And it'll be hard for you to obviously support all those relationships with cross referrals. So you wanna find other ways to be helpful. If you're going to have that long-term relationship, it has to be, you know, you have to be providing value, right? So we actually help balance the relationship with content. That's really where our content kind of anchors the program. So a subscription to, we, we basically subscribe all of uh, our, our partners to a proprietary practice journal that, that, we, that we create. So it provides uh, marketing advice, uh, it provides content that helps them grow their own firm, grow their own business, right? And again, keeps you top of mind. That's, that's, really, that's really the key. But you know, your personal assistance with something important will really carry a lot of weight. So, so be, be creative when it comes to this. Yeah, and I would say that my, in my experience, what I found with referral, I mean, that is a common objection. And, and what I found most often was that when, if you think about when you're going to refer somebody to some, to a client of yours to somebody else, another attorney for another practice area, there's a few things that happen. The first thing that goes through attorney's mind is, well, I don't want to send them to a competitor. Okay, check. Two, I'd like to send them to somebody that I know that I have a relationship with. Okay, check. Three, uh, I'm concerned about my E&O insurance, uh, and I'm wondering if my malpractice insurance is going to make me send three referrals instead of one, but that's like one of the things that go through attorneys' minds. And four, and I would, I would argue that this is actually top of mind, and it should be top of mind, that they want to send their, their client to somebody that is going to serve them well, that is going to represent them well, that is going to communicate with them well. And so when you're building these relationships, here's what you need to recognize. You're being watched. And so not only is it important to see if you can reciprocate, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. What's really important is to ensure you do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. So if you're going to supposed to be somewhere at, eight, at nine o'clock or eight o'clock for a coffee, be there at 750. When you show up, don't, you know, not wearing the proper clothing, right? Uh, make sure you're not wrinkled, all that kind of stuff. When you show up, talk about them, not you. After it's over with, send a handwritten thank you note. Make sure there's a follow-up. Develop a marketing drip sequence that's going to communicate with them and appear as if you're on the ball. Um, all of these things are being watched. And, and the more of this that you do right, the more, of, the more respect they'll have for you and the less important the reciprocation will be. And the more important it'll be, they'll just want to send clients to you because they know they're going to be really well taken care of. Would you agree with that, Cara? Yeah, absolutely. Let me, that is the perfect segue to this, this next slide. Yeah, so maintaining multiple relationships. Good communication just in general is key. So, you know, acknowledge and express thanks for the referrals. Uh, you know, exactly what Rich said, handwritten thank you card, you'd be amazed how far that can go. Provide status reports, report outcomes, right? Ensure your, your referral partners need to be confident that the clients they're sending your way are in good hands. They're being treated as VIPs, their, their case is being handled, right? And, and personal touches also go a long way. Tailored gifts with personal notes, again, handwritten cards, shared developments, you know, tips, 
visit, visit the office with goodies, you know, all of these things really go, go a long way, but it, it's important to stay in touch. So try to make some type of digital contact every 30 days. That's kind of what I recommend and provide more personal touches every 90 days. That's a, that's a really good frequency. And the more you can automate this, the more you can just make it part of your process, the, the less likely, you know, this stuff is to slip through the cracks. Again, creating a process, schedule nudges on your calendar or in your CRM, however you get reminders, you know, set these things, set these things up so that, so that they don't, you know, they, they really don't fall through the cracks. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, um, so that kind of really um, wraps up the the primary presentation portion. Um, I put my contact info up here, but I would love you know if there's any additional questions, let me. I can. I I actually have a couple. So yeah, great. So let's talk about. Um, and by the way, if you have um, if you have um, questions, go ahead and put them in the chat, and we'll answer them for you. But one of mine is, um, oh, by the way, it, it, just as before we go any further, you can see Kara's, uh, you wanna keep that up there real quick, Kara, yep, maybe Brittany, yeah. you can put that into the chat for everybody. Yeah, thank um, you. That if they wanna get a hold of her, you can go to goonceHub.com forward slash Kara Pryor. Um, yes, you will try to call her Kara for a while too until you get to know her and you know it's not Kara, it's Kara. Um, but, but anyway, Brittany, if you would be kind enough to put Kara information uh in there so we'll wait for her to do that and then uh maybe her phone number and her email as well if you wouldn't mind uh so here's the here's the question i had so we're in this you know covid world and it used to be scheduling coffee at starbucks so you know that's not not everybody feels comfortable with it it's not happening at the same level what is what does it look like now virtually are you still sending out a uh, a Starbucks gift card, or you, would you prefer Zoom or the phone? Like, how does that work? Yeah, yeah, that's such a good question. And and it's interesting because lately I've, I've received so many questions from attorneys of, you know, I'm seeing fewer folks face-to-face. -face and, and, you know, in the pandemic, how can I continue to grow my referral network? To be frank, much of, of what worked pre-pandemic is still applicable, st still works today with, of course, some tweaks. Again, you're not, you know, you're probably not taking as many lunches. You're not, you're not taking as many coffee dates, but Zoom, what we're doing right now, wonderful tool. Um, in fact, it can even speed up, create some efficiencies that, that didn't exist prior, right? So maybe before you were jumping on a regular old telephone call, if you remember what those are like, and, you know, you're, trying to screen those new those new partners. Why don't you just turn that into a Zoom call? It's much more personable. It kind of jump starts that trust and that relationship and you know then you take it from there. So so really a lot of what, you know, what we talked about is is still very applicable. Certainly sending you know sending personal gifts also through the mail is is maybe a better option than stopping into to some offices now, but yeah, I mean, have you have you seen attorneys in your program or, or otherwise um, take and you know go the extra mile and either send a, well probably send a digital Starbucks coffee card or something like that so that you know while they may not literally be going to Starbucks but they're going to go to Zoom but they they take advantage of the law of reciprocity. Have you seen people starting to do that at all? Is that part of the idea plan? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. We we recommend that it works. It's 
it's kind of the just the way of the times right now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, don't don't stop those types of efforts, right? There's a way to keep those going, keep you know keep the kind of tailored, personalized approach. You know, just take a little time and and think about maybe some you know reference maybe your your previous conversation and you know make make a specific reference to their kids or you know maybe maybe you go to the same church or you know maybe maybe there's some some sort of um, shared experience that you can reference and and those tailored approaches you know you can you can still do that in the pandemic it's just a little different yeah good um, so let's talk about inside of the conversation, that initial conversation. Um, and I'm, I'm curious about your opinion. It was a question I crafted many years ago. And I think it actually comes from a, I didn't craft it. I, I misspoke that I used. I think it came from Bob Berg's book referrals or something like that. I'm going back in my archive brain there. Um, but it's the number one question to ask when you're on in a meeting with another referral party. Um, or a referral partner. And the question, the way that it was phrased is some version of, tell me, what would a good referral for you look like? And it was this, not, here's what a good referral for me would look like. It's what does it, what kind of referrals are you looking for, right? And um, so I guess the first, do you, do you work with your clients? Is that a similar question? Do you talk to them about asking it? Is there, a, do you see that as a good thing or or how, how do you view that? Yeah, I mean, Rich, I think that kind of goes back to our, you know, our, our mantra of, you know, listen a little bit more than, than you're talking, right? So right. what can you learn? I mean, that's a, that's a wonderful pointed question that really kind of gets to the root of, you know, what's valuable to this, to this new partner. I, I actually love that. Um, we do, we do kind of coach and provide talking points throughout the process. So, you know, okay, so here's your initial, your you know, sort of exploratory call. Here's exactly, you know, what you need to cover. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're very careful not to provide scripts, right? You don't want to be robotic. You need, right. you, you need to be personable. It, it really, it's just as important in building that trust as, you know, kind of conveying the information that, that will help you kind of screen. So um, I love that that really kind of puts the value, kind of puts the um, you know, the, the attention on the new partner. And then of course it gives you some great insight too. Well, what I, here's what I love about it. Back to the filtering process, right? We know that givers get right. And so we know we're trying to be a giver, but at the same time, we're trying to attract givers. And so we want to know, uh, is this person going to be a good referral source for us? And if you ask them that question, you know, Hey, Carl, what does a good referral look like for you? And they answer you. And then somewhere in the future of that conversation, they don't turn to you and say, well, hey, Rich, what does a good referral partner look like for you? We know we probably don't have a good start to this relationship, right? Uh, either they're really slow on the uptick and they didn't pick up on the cue that they should have asked me or they just don't care, in which case they're not in it for the right reasons, right? So we've helped, we've helped identify who we're not, who likely we're not going to spend a lot more time with if they're not willing to, to reciprocate that answer. Yeah. Um, at least that's a tell, but I agree with you. It should not sound scripted. It's got to be natural to you. You've got to be your genuine self. Um, speaking of being your genuine self, let's talk about not being yourself for a second. So um, as firms grow and they generate more revenue and they free up more profit and they're looking for ways to invest in their business 
and they want to do more of these meetings, but they don't want to do them. Um, I and I'm curious about your thoughts about this, but my suggestion has always been because one, the first thing they want to do, <laughs> always for whatever reason, is they want to send their associate, and and I ask them why they do that, and they say, well, I've got to send an attorney. And I say, well, why do you have to send an attorney? Well, an attorney's not going to want to meet with a non-attorney. Why? Uh, and, and so I think it's a misnomer. I, I, I recommend they don't send their associate necessarily because while I believe in an unlimited supply in the world, uh, I am also very cognizant that in law there are no non-competes. And I'm not trying to build my associate's brand. I'm trying to build my firm's brand. And I would rather send a professional person, think pharmaceutical sales rep, that is going to go out and build these relationships and have coffees and lunches or Zoom meetings or whatever and develop relationships along the same lines. While it may not be the same thing as the owner and it's not the perfect world, if they really didn't want to go do this on their own and they had the profit to be able to invest in this, could you see the path to them using like a um, you know pharmaceutical sales rep like model to do this? Yeah, you know, Rich, I, I think that's an option, sort of a second step, right? Because I, I do I do feel strongly that at least initially, when you're you're trying to kind of jumpstart your network, it needs to come from you. It needs to come from the attorney because those are going to be the most fruitful fruitful relationships. You know, if you're really kind of, you know, kind of going after secondary, maybe tertiary partners and you're really, you know, growing, volume is growing. Um, I do think you can, you can train someone up and, and, and you can pass off some of that responsibility if you're talking about high volume. But, you know, one appointment a month, I think is, you know, should be doable. It should be doable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and in the end, you know, those are the relationships that are really going to, to provide. Yeah. I've heard some great stories about great relationships built just doing this, you know, really lifelong friends and relationships. And you will find uh, people who are like you. Uh, Zelina, uh, yeah, so you have a question about using DoorDash or that, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, we talked, we had a lot, of, we had a lot of conversations about that at Partners Club uh, in some of the small group masterminds in the afternoon uh, where some of the members were talking about where they held a virtual lunch. Um, and, and they, they didn't just hold it for one person. They held it on a one-to-many. It's a bit of a different conversation than this. Um, and it, and it certainly is a model, but you can still do a, sending a DoorDash, um, for a virtual lunch one-on-one -on -one with somebody. No reason why you couldn't. You agree, Cara? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think that's creative. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And we've, I do that. So when I, you know, in today's, today's day and age, a lot of people aren't coming to the events live because of COVID over the last couple of events. And so couple of groups, one lunch with me. So we sent them DoorDash, uh, you know, coupons for me to buy them lunch and whether they ate their lunch while we were on the phone together, uh, depending on their geographical area or they used it the next day, didn't really matter, right? I, I met my obligation of buying them lunch and then and being with them in my time. So yeah, it's a suitable replacement and back to, you know, givers get and giving back. All right, so we're coming to the end. Uh, everybody, if you have any questions, this will be like kind of last call. You can go ahead and put it into the chat for me. If you have any questions for Cara or myself about anything, Cara, again, just tell them out loud how they can reach you, where they can go to learn more about you. Yeah, thanks, Rich. So 
email me, call me directly. My email is kprior, K-P-R-I-O-R at jamespublishing.com. I'll give you my direct line, 714-434-5926. I love talking about this stuff. No strings attached. Just feel free to, to reach out if you're interested. Yeah, referrals is the root of your business. It should be. Uh, the game isn't to just generate, spend enough money on advertising so we make the firm work. The game is really to invest the money into advertising so we can generate leads so that we could serve the clients well and develop referral partners that augment our advertising spend. And when we do this correctly, it all works synergistically together and referrals make everything better. Uh, and, and if we do it right and we develop these programs for allied service professionals and we serve our clients right and we get really good clients uh, referrals from our clients, we then start to reduce our overall cost per lead and our marketing percentage as a percentage of gross revenue. So all sorts of things, good things happen when we get this right. It takes just a little bit of chutzpah, just a little bit of elbow grease. And if you're not willing to do it, we know there's firms like Cara, specifically, actually, there's only one firm like Cara that actually does this. Trust me, I know because I wanted somebody else to do it and I was so thrilled that they did it and they're doing a great job. So if you need, your, if you need help setting appointments and starting down this path, uh, they're, they're a great resource. They are a sponsor of our Partners Club World. If you're a guest here, thank you for being here. If you want to learn more about me or Partners Club or anything else, you can email me at richard at therichardjames.com. But I hope today was uh, educational for you. I hope you found it valuable. Just take one good quality idea, and I'm glad you allowed us to help you build your law firm better today, one referral at a time. Thanks, Cara. Thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you learned something about a system that you could put into your law firm so you can build that law firm that supports your lifestyle rather than undermine your lifestyle. I hope that you feel like you're part of our community we call Entrepreneurial Attorney Nation. If you'd like to learn more about what we do around here, the best way to get started is to go ahead and go to our website, therichardjames.com. That's therichardjames.com and request a free copy of one of our books so that you can take the next step in learning how we can help you build your practice better one system at a time.